This is Shannon Wilkinson from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a life coach who is also a recovering perfectionist trying to get to good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, and I'm a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And we're here with Getting to Good Enough, a podcast about overcoming perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. Janine. Yeah. Hi. Hi, I'm here. I was just writing something (laughs) down. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about UBU. Yes. It's kind of, I'm kind of excited to talk about UBU. Really? Why? Well, because we were just having a conversation before we started recording about the iPhone 10 and how I wanted one. And you were discussing some of the perceived disadvantages of it for you. And I said, oh, those things don't matter to me because this is how <laughs> I live. And we realized we should be recording. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It was, and it's really interesting because the, uh, as I was saying to you, every time I pick up my husband's phone, I get so frustrated with it and I want to pitch it because I can't use it the way I use my older phone that still has a home button. But you apparently don't use your home button all that much. Not, apparently not as much as you do because I leave everything open and uh, <laughs> I <laughs> and then I just pretend it's not open. I, I, it doesn't make sense, but it works really. It works easily for me. I suspect I'll have an easier time with the iPhone ten. Well, but so but you figured out you don't have to because I was. I, it didn't occur to me that I could access an app any other way than by pressing the home button to close the app. And, you know, getting to a screen where I can, you know, see the app icons. But you just do it in a different way. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? So you, just... you close an app after, in, before you switch to another app? Yes. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Is I, yeah. I just closed some apps the other day because my phone seemed to be sucking power. And Shannon, oh, I don't think I finished closing them all because I was... I got bored or whatever, or distracted. <laughs> but I probably had 50 apps open. Oh, my gosh. And I have a fully functional phone. I mean, it's like it's not slow or weird or anything. Right. And I, all at any given time, might have 30 tabs open in a browser. Oh, my God. Oh, I have so many tabs. I just closed a bunch of tabs, and then I quit closing them because I got bored closing them because there were so many that were open. Right. Um, just, right. I have to say, on my phone one time, I I was having a conversation with another friend that prompted me to close my open browser tabs on my iPhone. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. And so I, 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 you just press a little X, you know, and I it kept going on, and so I thought I'd start counting, and I, I'm not kidding you. I'm telling you. I actually, I, I don't think I'm making this up. I think I had 400. <laughs> I don't I didn't even know that was possible. I know. It's that's the beauty of the iPhone, unlimited possibilities. <laughs> anyway, um, 
and it works for me. This is my point. I'm not saying this with any kind of self-deprecation or or lack of pride or pride. It just is how I work. Right. Well, and so, and the point is, is that you have figured out a way that works for you. And if you ran into problems, you would probably figure out how to rectify those problems. But this works for you, so there's no reason to change. Right. And if anybody came along and criticized me for it, I would say, don't shut up you know it, 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 <laughs> I was waiting to hear what you were gonna say <laughs> I know I had to come up with a really PG version <laughs> um, right I, I would ignore it because it's it works for me and I'm being me <laughs> yep yeah 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 it, maybe this I, is a segue into a more formal discussion <laughs> of you and you I don't know <laughs> Yeah, let, well, let's let's talk more. But I, but I think the the point is really good that um, that and this is sort of a benign way to talk about it. So I think it's really useful because you know we all have our ways of using our phones that work for us and don't necessarily get worked up about how someone else does it if they do it differently. Yeah, you're right. It's really personal because we hold it in our hand. And usually nobody else is messing with their phones, although apparently you mess with your husband's phone. Well, that's because we're not allowed to touch our phones while driving. And mm, so it. he won't um, set up, he doesn't, he's not in the habit of setting up the navigation before he starts driving away. Mm-hmm. And so I often set it up, but I, well, now I'm just going to do what you just taught me and swipe down. Although I don't know if you can do that with the iPhone 10. Anyway, I'll figure out how to get to the search screen and just open stuff up that way. Right. Or just touch the app in the regular screen. Just t- go no, to the I can't get to the regular screen because he left something get- open. Got and it. I, you and can't it clo- no, close. Got it. Yeah, there's no home button. So I think you have to swipe up to close or something, but I can never remember in the moment. And I'm trying to, you know, get the GPS stuff in. Before he takes a wrong turn. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, all not really crisis problems, (laughs) but. First world problems, as they say. Yeah. uh, Regular frustrations. Right. Well, and, you know, really, truly, it's, it's like, it's a habit. Um, I mean, you said that Mike, your husband, doesn't have any problem with his phone because he uses it all the time the hard part is right. that tra- switching between the two if i yeah. try to use a windows computer even though i used to fully know how to use a windows computer i used my husband's the other night and i went crazy i mean it was yeah. very frustrating yeah um so yeah but i think but uh, you know like i was just saying i think this is a really good example of of a, a benign way that we each do things our own way and will translate into how to understand that it's okay to do other things your way too. Right. It doesn't matter how somebody else does something if you're doing something differently, as long as it's working. Right, right. So, so where do you run into this with your clients? Well, I run into clients who feel like they're not organized enough. And and when I push them on that, it's not that they're 
I mean, some people aren't organized enough to get stuff done efficiently, but others feel like they're not organized enough to, so that their house looks like the house they grew up in, for example, or mm-hmm. uh, some other ideal. You know, just um, watching TV, you see these beautiful homes uh, <laughs> where everything right. is. And that's because there's no real stuff. You know, they're not, yeah, they're not living right. real no life. No one's actually living there. <laughs> right. But, and I, and I actually experienced this myself because I'm naturally messy. And um, that's never been a problem for me until I became a professional organizer. And it's still not a prob- actual problem. But for a while at the beginning, it, I made it into a perceived problem because I felt like I wasn't living up to expectations people had for professional organizers um, and yeah. how they live. And I'm very organized, but I'm messy. And so I just had to turn it around to live it out loud and let people know it's okay to be messy and organized at the same time. So it's all about, um, I try to tell clients, it's not about your mother's standards or the media standards, it's about your standards. And I tell that to my team members as well. When we're working with a client, I say this a lot, it doesn't, we're working toward our client standards. This when we're finished, done may not look like you would have it in your home. And that doesn't matter. Done is how the client wants it and how it's going to, she's going to be able to maintain it. And that's so important. And I, and I bet that's hard because I, I think um, probably a fair number of people that get into professional organizing are um, very naturally neat and organized. Yes. Um, I had a conversation with someone the other day. I meant to tell you this, that, that they were talking, for some reason, we were talking about organizing or something, and I was explaining how you're naturally messy and a professional organizer, and they were sort of stunned by that and didn't think such a person existed, and <laughs> how wonderful it would be to work with someone like you, oh, as nice. opposed to as opposed to someone who was like you know n- naturally neat and you know, didn't understand sort of the the that there's a there's a continuum you know you can you can be messy and organized and that you know that they didn't want to live in a need as a pin home but didn't think that they could hire an organizer that would help them organize their home in the way they wanted it right well that's nice to hear and and that's one reason that i started my blog way back many years ago because i wanted people to know where i was coming from um, so they wouldn't expect something different. But one thing mm-hmm. I will say is that most people who become professional organizers, or I should say who succeed at, at being an organizer, um, aren't going to try to hold their clients to their standards. So mm-hmm. um, really any organizer that one hires, if she's any good or he's any good, uh, will make things to the client's standards. And I was just talking with a friend's daughter um, just yesterday or Saturday who is very, very organized. And she said very nicely, I just, I have a hard time getting my mind around why anybody would need to hire you. And then she said, I could be an organizer, but I would just, I, w- I wouldn't have any patience for anybody. And I just like throw their stuff away. I'm like, mm, then you can't be an organizer. Right. <laughs> um, but and she understood that. Uh, but, um, well, that's nice to hear that, that your, the friend with whom you were speaking uh, appreciated the empathy that I can bring to yeah. the place. Well, and I think that they have sort of the same perception that that person had, 
you know, from the from the other side was that like, you know, an organized person is just going to make me throw away everything and and right. not have stuff the way I want it. So just, yeah. we're dispelling professional organizer myths. That's right. That's right. Or- organizers <laughs> are are empathetic and uh, sympathetic and kind people and they don't throw away your stuff without asking. And they don't tell you what to do typically. At least right. no nobody I certainly never tell anybody what to do. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's a myth we can dispel about life coaches too. Oh yeah. I, What's the perception? I generally don't I don't tell people what to do. People think that's what my job is is to tell people what to do. Like sports tell coaches tell people what to do, right? Right. Yeah, you definitely don't tell people what to do. Oh my goodness. I don't think if I begged you to tell me what to do, you would tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I even like, um, I don't like even really giving advice that much unless right. I know, I mean, you know, a lot of what we're talking about could be considered advice. Um, and I, I always like to frame it in the, um, it, within the idea of these are things to try, not do this and it will work. Right. Well, and as a coach, your job is to help the client come up with the solution from within, right? Not exactly. to just tell them or give them advice. Well, I'm in more yeah. of a consulting mode in my work. You're in definitely right. coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a little coaching, but um, right. yeah. So how about you? Do you run into UBU in your coaching practice? I do. A, a lot of times my clients will be comparing themselves with other people. Mm-hmm. And um, they will think, you know, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and or, or hopeful entrepreneurs, and they'll have an idea for a new business or some way to expand their business or, you know, even just with their existing business. And they'll be comparing themselves to other people that, you know, there's, there's already a bazillion life coaches out there like why should I be a life coach and and what I say to them is I don't say you be you but that's essentially it is that there's no one who has your exact set of experiences your skills your abilities your knowledge who can provide the service create the art write the book, whatever, in quite the way you can do it. And so it's it's important to recognize that just because someone else is doing something, I mean, you know, you became a professional organizer. It wasn't like there weren't already organizers around. Right. There's um, plenty of us. And yeah, and you knew that you brought something unique just by the fact of who you are. Right. Uh, and the, and there's also sort of the other side of that is that a lot of times my clients will want to mimic a successful person and do things the way they did it because it worked for them. And while, of course, there's lots to learn from successful people, and, and I really recommend modeling people you admire, just trying to... Uh, duplicate exactly someone else's success isn't going to get you there either that you ultimately you need to be authentic to yourself absolutely and and that made that brought to mind the the fake it till you make it notion which i reject 
where uh, when you're new in business and you don't know the answer to a question and you or you don't you've never done something and you pretend you have and whenever I tried that a little bit at the beginning it just felt so inauthentic and just didn't work and so that's another reason I started my blo- my warts and all blog so that I didn't have to f- fake being super neat and tidy for example right did you just call it your warts and all blog? I did. <laughs> Don't you think it's a warts and all blog? <laughs> it, it, I've never thought of it in that context, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you know, you could change it at some point if you ever want. You know, want to change your business name? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh, I would want to hire somebody with that name. Warts and all. Warts organizing. and all organizing. <laughs> 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 that's good yeah um yeah the and you know the there's there's sort of that really faking it till you make it i'm with you it does not make sense it gets you into trouble more often than um it helps you out but i will say that um choosing to feel confident when you aren't necessarily confident, because a lot of people don't feel confident until they have the experience to know that they could do something. Mm -hmm. But in order to do something, they need to feel confident. It's a catch-22 a little bit, right? Yeah. And and then recognizing your innate talents or recognizing your skills or recognizing what you do bring to the table, Mm -hmm. even if you don't bring a lot of experience, professional experience. Right. Um, You know, at least from professional organizers, we all bring so much from our own lives to the table that um, I would try to focus on that. Right, right. And that, and that that's where you can derive that, that confidence or right. whatever that quality is that you need to help you move forward. So you don't get stuck in that, in that catch 22 and you don't feel the need to like really fake it in terms of, you know, not being who you really are. Right. You know, channeling confidence from another area of your life is very different than faking it. Faking it. Exactly. Because that faking, fake fake is the opposite of what you and I are after, I suspect. Yes. Yes. What do you suggest for your clients who struggle with this, who try to have, um, who have these standards that are... Vir- virtually impossible to meet and aren't even what they really want if they were truthful with themselves and with you. Right. Well, I always um, suggest that no one strive to be perfectly organized because it's pretty much impossible um, mm-hmm. because that's a moving target. And instead, I suggest that they strive to be organized enough. And we talk about what that means for them. And for me, it means pretty much being able to get out, get, get, find what I need when I need it and, you know, get out the door easily. And that's organized enough for my life. Um, I also personally would like it if I can open the door and invite a neighbor in who dropped by without embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I'm not always there. And that's part, so that they're, they're just off the top of my head here, but that's part when I say I'm not there that's not about the state of my house that's about the state of my mind isn't it right so I live in a way that is comfortable (laughs) in fact that's the biggest Mm -hmm. uh, compliment I I like to receive when someone sees my house 
oh, it looks so comfortable. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if you've been in my house, it's comfortable. I mean, it's not. Your house is very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And it's not horrific or anything. And I've got, I'm really. It's nowhere near it. Yeah, it's not horrific at all. You're right. Even in its messiest days, it's, it's, I should be able to invite anybody in. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. So if I'm embarrassed, that's on me because they're not noticing. Um, right. So where was I going? That same goes for my clients, right? So they um, need to understand what, what they're organized enough is and then mm-hmm. try to live that and let go of what their next door neighbor's house might look like right. uh, or what their mother's house look like, looks like or their brother or what have you. So would I try to remind myself in terms of that, because I also want to have a house that I feel comfortable inviting people into, you know, spur of the moment or whatever, is that it, I think about if I dropped in on, you know, some dear friend's home, they weren't expecting me, I don't care what their house looks like. Right. I just want to see them. Right. And... You know, I mean, I guess if there was like fast food containers and beer bottles piled around, I might be a little worried about them. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't care. Right. And so, you know, to, to remember that that's how people feel about me, unless you have like super judgy friends or something, and then maybe you need new friends. <laughs> well, I've had occasion <laughs> twice now to host professional organizers in my home. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did it, I was just freaking out uh, because I felt this was a long time ago, and I I was a professional organizer, and I felt like I didn't live my house, my old house, you know, my house was old, right? Didn't live up to the standards. And my friend Margaret, whom you also know, yeah, said, Janine, you need to model imperfection for these new organizers. I'm like, all right, I can I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent reframe. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I had Barry make a cake. Barry, uh, my husband, is a pastry chef, so he makes delicious cake. And that, of course, was the focal point. <laughs> and, um, uh, and nobody was, I don't think, was paying any mind to how my house looked. And, and, uh, um, and of course, professional organizers are not judgmental. I mean, so it's just a complete pretzel in my head. I mean, it was not, it was not a reasonable um, emotions that I was going through. I actually blogged about it for unclutter.com. I mean, it was a thing. <laughs> and right. It all worked out really well. And then the second time it wasn't so bad because I had gotten over myself. Yeah. Well, and I can, and I can totally see how that, I, I think the last time I sort of felt that way, I was hosting my book club and, and um, I think they hadn't been to my new house yet. And, um, and so I was like all stressed out about it and worried about, you know, making sure everything looked good. And then I'm like, this is my book club. We've known each other for year. Like, I can't even remember, like maybe over 10 years we've been uh-huh. together and they've seen me in all different situations and they don't care. They're coming to eat my good food and talk about the book I picked. Right. Plus, and your, as long your as house, everybody has a place to sit, you're golden. Maybe some wine or whatever the yeah. beverage is. Right. Yeah. But your house, your house is beautiful. I mean, so there's no even like you've got a great old house, beautiful house. Yeah. Nothing. Well, yeah. thank you. I know. I I feel like we 
we've covered a lot with UBU that, um, but I'd say that my takeaway is to be kind to yourself and know what your standards are and let go of any concern about how other people do it or, uh, and what they might think about your standards for whatever aspect of your life we're talking about, whether it's how you use your phone or how you wash your pants or how you um, handle your mail. How about you? I think you're right on target with that. And I guess I would add that, you know, if something is feeling stressful, to check in with yourself and see if it's because you're trying to meet someone else's standards. And if it is, then ask yourself, what would be good enough for you? Right. Getting to good enough. It's really something to strive for, I think. (laughs) And that will wrap it up for this episode of Getting to Good Enough. Thanks for listening to UBU. I'm Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you.